Good morning to each one of you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. For, for most of us, as, as we go through life, we tend to use examples and illustrations from our daily life and experience to, to explain you know, thoughts or concepts that we have uh, to someone else. And as we read uh, David's Psalms, oftentimes uh, he uses sheep and shepherds uh, to, to convey his relationship with God, something that was familiar to him and, and familiar to the people around him. Uh, Paul uses uh, a soldier's armor. Uh, unfortunately, Paul had a lot of soldiers around his life. Uh, as he spent time in prison and as he was transferred from here to there, uh, he often had soldiers in front of him and, and he uses that as, as an illustration of uh, spiritual warfare. Uh, Olympic runners uh, as an illustration of the race of life and, and the human body, uh, Paul often refers to the human body as, as an, uh, an example of the body of Christ. And uh, how many of you here have ever been stoned? Uh, Anyone? <laughs> been stoned? <laughs> stoned, yeah. Uh, I've never been stoned. Uh, you know, Paul was stoned to the point that they thought he was dead. Uh, that would put you pretty keenly aware of your body, I would think. Uh, you would feel parts of your body that you didn't think about too often before. And uh, so being stoned would, would certainly make one aware of the body. Jesus, uh, we read in, in Matthew 6, we read that Jesus was a carpenter. Um, Mark 6, did I say Matthew? Mark. Mark 6, 2 and 3 says this, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Scripture tells us that, that Jesus was a carpenter. And we know that uh, his ministry started when he was 30. So basically he was, uh, from the little information we have, that he was a carpenter for 30 years. Now I'm not sure who's the closest to 30 years old here today. I, I think Galen's a 30 couple. Uh, Lowell, I, I, I lose track. These guys were little boys 30 years ago when I first came to Gladys, and I kind of lose track of where they are today, but I think they're in their lower 30s, maybe. Um, you know, a lot can happen in 30 years. We, we tend to think that, uh, that Jesus built birdhouses, maybe, and maybe a table or a chair. Uh, Bible story books kind of give us these pictures of... Uh, you know, Jesus off by the side building a birdhouse and Joseph is over here working on a chair or a table and kind of watching him. Uh, that may be accurate. 
Uh, it, it's also possible that Jesus and Joseph uh, built towers, synagogues, houses, barns. Uh, we, we don't have those details. We don't know. I thought it would be interesting to, to go through the Gospels and look at Jesus' illustrations that he pulls from building, from construction. Construction is something that most of us are somewhat familiar with. Uh, when I preached this sermon over at the chapel, I, I wondered uh, if all of us men would disappear. <laughs> What could, what could the ladies in our community build? Uh, I think we might be surprised um, what all they could put together. Um, I said over there, I would trust Carolyn pretty far to put a shed together. <laughs> I think she would know how it's done and, and could come up with a, a, a worthy structure. Uh, so. It, Construction is something we're familiar with. We all live in houses, and, and a number of you have built houses and, and have built things, and, and uh, we're, we're, we're very familiar with, with construction. Now, we have to remember that Jesus was equally familiar with everything. <laughs> you know, for us, you know, we kind of have our line of things we're familiar with, and we draw from that, to, like I said earlier, to, to illustrate things. For Jesus, you know, when, when he healed people, he knew everything there was to know about the body, much more than the doctors knew, knew back then or today. Uh, when he calmed the sea, he knew a lot more about the sea than the fishermen did, and, and, and on and on. Uh, Jesus was equally familiar with everything, so he didn't have to draw from carpenter work because he was a carpenter for 30 years. However, I thought it would be interesting to just do a little study and, and what, what he uh, uses for illustrations. Uh, before we, we start on that study, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. A little later, we want to look a little bit at Paul, and Paul picks up this whole thing of, of building two in his writings, but he, he says something here that I think uh, I'd like us to keep in the back of our minds as we, as we read uh, Jesus and his illustrations from building. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Paul is using construction as an illustration to life, how we live, live life and how we uh, go about life. Is it, is it uh, 
work that will stand the test of time? Is it built on the foundation, Jesus Christ? Um, something to keep in mind as, as we live life. Okay, let's, let's do a little study of uh, Jesus and construction. Uh, Luke, let's start in Luke, Luke chapter 14. Most of these are familiar stories that, that we've heard uh, all our lives. And um, some of them we'll read uh, just a few verses and some will read, read the entire story. Here in uh, Luke chapter 14, let's start at verse 28. Jesus says this, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, shall all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. And uh, the story goes on and he used other illustrations, but he, he uses building here. Uh, perhaps this is something Jesus did with Joseph. Someone wanted a tower built and they would sit down and figure out what it would cost. And they would go to the man that wanted the tower and say, uh, this is what it's going to cost. And uh, do, you, do you have the resources to do this? Jesus here is using this as an illustration for those who want to follow him. Are you aware that this is going to cost you something? Are you going to ponder what all you have to give up? What all resources this is going to take if you choose to follow me? It's like sitting down and deciding do I have the resources to build this tower lest I start and I'm not able to finish? Um, what is it costing you to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is it costing me? Have we counted the cost? Have we learned from this example of sitting down and figuring out what it would cost to build something? Uh, a challenge a challenge for you and, and for me. Uh, just back a chapter in Luke 13. Jesus says this in verse 4, Or those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Jesus here uh, is talking about a tower, probably something, a uh, familiar news story that everybody knew about. Um, is this a tower that him and Joseph had built some years earlier? I would guess probably not. Um, but maybe, we don't know. But we would like to think they did a good job and it wouldn't fall. Uh, and I think that's probably fair to say. 
but it was a tower that was built and it fell and, and killed 18 people. He's using this as an example. And he's saying that likewise, unless you repent, you will perish. You will meet the same end that those 18 people did. If you don't repent, you will perish just like those did. Luke chapter 12. Here is a very familiar story. I don't think we'll read this one in entirety. It's, it's about the, the man that had a very prosperous farm and his, his crops uh, were bountiful and he did not have room to store them. And so he decided in verse 18 that he will pull down his barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much laid up for me. Uh, thou hast much laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And then whose shall these things be which thou hast provided? This is probably something that that Jesus and Joseph had done. Someone needed a new barn, and they went and tore the old barn down and built a newer, bigger barn. I could easily see this as being something that, that Jesus had done. And, and I don't think he's necessarily condemning that. He's condemning the, the attitude with which it was done. And he's saying... This man was a fool. I think what he's saying here is that we are stewards of the blessings of God. And we need to be wise stewards and not fools in how we handle the blessings God has given to us. We have been blessed here in, in this community. Um, I remember talking to Robert. Um, I think it was back around the time I was ordained deacon. And he said, Rich, he said, do you realize um, back in the early days of this community, he said, I was Sunday school superintendent. And he said, we would take Sunday morning offerings. And sometimes the total of the Sunday morning offering was $20. And he said, we were giving all we could afford to give and an offering of $20. Uh, when you think of it in that perspective, we are blessed. There's probably not a single soul here this morning, uh, teenage on up, that could not have put $20 in the offering this morning if they would have given all they could give. We're talking a total of $20. And now we as individuals can give $20. We have been blessed. Now you, you can make the argument, yeah, $20 was a lot more money back then. Yeah, I've heard those arguments, but still, we've been blessed. And are we good stewards 
Are we good stewards of the blessings that God has showered upon us? Matthew 21, Jesus again uh, talks about construction to teach us a lesson. Matthew 21, verse 33. Hear another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it around about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and led it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said unto themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him, and cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. And when the Lord thereof the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? Jesus here, uh, the, the, the constructing the tower is a small part of the story, but you know, I was amazed at how often Jesus talks about towers. I would not have thought of that before I, I made this study. But here, uh, this husbandman put a lot of work into making uh, a vineyard. Uh, he did all the right things in order to, to have a prosperous vineyard and, and uh, his, his servants did not cooperate. And he, uh, he was very disappointed in their commitment to him. Uh, Jesus has done everything for you and I to have an abundant life. And he has full right to expect fruit from, from our lives. And have we given him proper respect as Lord of our lives and respected his his servants, his son. Uh, I feel we may have fallen short at times. Jesus, is he your Lord? Is he my Lord? Do we unwaveringly respect his his will? If, if so, what difference does that make in your life and mine when He is Lord? He is Lord, Lord of all. Matthew 16, verse 18. Let's start back in verse 16. And Jesus answering and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Actually, we should back up here. Uh, 
Jesus is asking them, who do people say that I am? Verse 16, and Simon Peter answering said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus here is saying that, that he is going to build his church and it's going to be built upon a rock and nothing, nothing is going to keep that from happening. Nothing will prevent it from happening. Uh, like we read earlier in 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying there's no other foundation can be laid than Jesus Christ. The, the effort that you and I are putting into building the kingdom of God, are we building squarely upon the foundation of Jesus Christ? I think that um, we do well to ponder that at times. Are we really building squarely upon the foundation of Jesus Christ? Let's turn to, to Luke, Luke 6. This is one of my favorite stories of Jesus. Uh, so simple, so clear, and uh, so to the point. Luke 6, verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I have a question for you. Uh, what one word encompasses this story. Can you think of a word that, that tells us exactly what Jesus was saying here? Someone, speak up. Obedience, yes. That's what he's saying. A simple story, but, but so basic to his teaching. Where is this found? Uh, here we're in Luke. In Matthew, it's, it's right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is saying very clearly, all of you heard 
what I just said. Some of you are going to do it, and some of you are not. If you obey what I have taught you, you're building your house on a rock and it will stand. If you do not obey, surely your house will perish. Obedience. Jesus is using building, construction, to make a point that obedience is so important. We sing that song, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Parents, sing that song with your children. It's basic. It's profound. It's a house built on a rock. Paul uh, picks up this this whole thing of uh, building in a lot of his writings. And I'd like to to just go through a number of those here in closing. Uh, The word edify is is the same Greek word as build, and and Paul uses it quite a bit. I'll just read down through a number of scriptures here. And let's think about building the kingdom of God and how basic that is to, to your life and mine. Romans 14, 19, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another, building up one another. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. That's pretty basic to congregational life. How my life affects yours and how your life affects mine. Yes, there's lots of things we can do, but is it building up? Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The words we say, are they words that build up or are they words that tear down? Acts twenty thirty two. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. This is uh, Luke writing here, uh, commending uh, us to God. Ephesians 2.20 And are built upon the foundation of the prophets and the apostles, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Here again, we're coming back to starting with Jesus Christ as the foundation, the starting point, the measuring stick by which everything else is being built. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Colossians 2, 7. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Paul's wish for the church is that there's building up, not tearing down, being established, 
we think of, of construction, something uh, being put together. Uh, Peter says this, Ye also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. I love that picture of, of a, a wall, a building with lots of different stones. These stones are alive and they're taking part in making a building, a building that where God is worshipped and honored and his name is lifted up. Ephesians 2.21 In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. We, we all like a job well done. We like to see construction that, that has integrity, that fits, and that is going to endure whatever storms and wind, uh, earthquakes, whatever comes, that, that it's fitly framed together, it's strong and enduring. That is what God wants for, for his body, for his people, a building fitly framed together. Are we taking heed how we are building? Have we counted the cost? Have we repented? It starts there. Have we not repented? We are headed the wrong direction. Repentance is turning around and heading towards the Lord Jesus Christ and his will. Are we doing what we hear? Like the wise man, is obedience a lifestyle for you and for me? Is Jesus Lord of our life that everything we do, we do according to his will, built on, on his foundation? Jesus says, I will build my church. Will you and I be part of that? Um, it is so important to, to be in tune with what God is doing because he will accomplish his will. The, the question is, will you, will I be part of that? Or will we be getting in the way? Will we be confusing things? Will we be sidetracked? Jesus will build his church. Let's be in tune with him and be building with him. Thank you very much. Shall we have a closing song?